Hello, and welcome to Good Film Hunting, the podcast where two sisters living in different parts of the country talk with friends and family about their favorite movies. And we are in a very special place today with very special people, and I will let Eleanor introduce our guest and movie. So our guests, we're going to have multiple guests, are Sophia and Benha. So, Sophia, can you tell us how you met Annie initially? So we met in Kolkata. We were volunteering over there, and we overlapped for her for my last month and her first month. Mm-hmm. And then it was fun because this was a long time ago, like seven years ago. But then Sophia and friends came to Chicago and stayed with our parents, Robin and Bob. Got to do things like go to Costco and make cookies <laughs> out of pre-made <laughs> cookie dough, and it was all very exciting. And that brings us here to. Caratero, which I pronounce close to perfection, <laughs> in Mexico. <laughs> and today we'll be talking about the movie Coco. So, Sophia, why have you selected the movie Coco? And can you tell us a little bit about Coco? I feel like Coco is a great movie to, to like say what Mexican culture is about and how we're all about family and staying together. And it talks about Dia de Muertos, which is a day that we celebrate here in November. And it's, I don't know, it's really important because I think every family in Mexico normally makes an altar. And the movie makes up this, like, story of how even, like, people that are already dead, they're still with us and your family is still with you and you can be, and they can, yeah, you, you can never forget them. Because if not, I mean, the movie doesn't really specify where they go to, but, yeah, <laughs> but don't forget them so they don't vanish into thin air. True, yeah. And I would say what has been nice about being toured around Carretero and Takis and Bernal Takis. and... Takis. That, no, he said Takis. Takis Kiapan is the actual name of that little town. I believe it. And <laughs> San Miguel. It has been that... Uh, Sophia will point something out and be like, just like in Coco. And so it's been like a consistent cultural reference point for us this yes, trip. Yes. All right. So, Annie, I'll let you begin. Okay. So we always start our podcast by talking about something in pop culture or something that like we've just really enjoyed in the past week. Um, so I can start so that I'm an example. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So my thing, I think my favorite pop culture thing of this week was Meghan Markle's hat at the Christmas at Sandringham. She. <laughs> you really um, did love. This I hat. really loved the hat, and um, I just think it's really cute. And it was like her first time kind of stepping out with like the whole fam and William and Kate, and everyone was kind of like, "Is she going to live up to Kate?" And I actually think that in terms of style, she outshone Kate. Kate's also, like, five or six months pregnant, so, like... And it's not... Also, my opinion doesn't matter at all, but I thought that Megan did a good job. offering it up for the world to discuss, so it should. Um, My favorite thing, uh, pop culture of the week, was seeing... uh, My favorite movie of the week was Jumanji, Mm. because Jack Black was so funny, and so was Nick Jonas, and it was funny. I also liked Kevin Hart. All right, Sophia, how about you? No, Benjamin. (laughs) (laughs) What was your favorite thing of the week? Um, having you girls here. Yay! In Mexico. Yes. Coming to visit. 
seeing you enjoy all We don't care about Meghan Markle. No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I do care. I watch her lot. I like her ring and everything. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. What, what, what were you saying? No, it's great having you here and seeing you enjoying all the Mexican food and the places <laughs> we've taken you. Oh my gosh. Yes. So much food. I mean, if we were, if well, the question was like, what was the best food of the week, that would be more of a problem. The best Mexican food. Yeah, it would be nearly impossible because all of it was really good. Mm. Uh, would you tell them all the things that you've tried and see if you remember the names? Okay. Hawache. Because that was like in Coco. Hawache. <laughs> and at first we also had chilaquiles uh -huh. and we had dori locos. Yes. And we had elote, but it's not elote because it was in a cup. Esquite. Esquite. And we had. Molletes. Yes. And we had sopas. Sopas. Gorditas. What about gorditas, gorditas. From Doña Coco. De. Maíz. De, de maíz. Yes. No, what? Maíz what? Blanco. Quebrado. Quebrado. <laughs> oh, you already forgot. No, I think I never knew. <laughs> no, yeah, the broken maize, you remember? Yeah. Maíz quebrado. Um, we also had crickets. Yes, we had crickets. And we had sonrisadas. Sonrisadas? That's nothing. No, it's like the thing that we have for breakfast. Ah, sincronizada. Sincronizada. And quesadilla. Quesadilla. And Huevos tacos. a la mexicana. And tacos, yep. Bistec. Bistec. And al pastor. Mm-hmm. And we had like all of the agua frescas. Uh-huh. All of the agua frescas. Oh my God. And mezcal. A mezcal. I really did like the mezcal. Yes. Not today. The ones yesterday. I was a big. Fan well, today of. we had tequila, which is a type of mezcal. But okay. All right. So, Annie, the cultural value of no, discussion of the movie. Okay. So now, Ben Hat and um, Sophia, we are moving into a discussion about the movie, and we can talk about like our favorite parts, our least favorite parts, general feeling. Um, I think that. For me, where I start with Coco, I mean, okay, also, Eleanor and I saw it English language, and Sophia and Ben Ha saw it Spanish language, yes? Uh -huh. And so there might actually be differences, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. But, yeah, wait. Yeah, know. I should watch it, in, watch it in English, and I can tell you if they're, which one was funnier. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it's funnier in Spanish. In its language, um, probably. Yeah. But, okay, so what I really appreciated about this movie was that Disney put a lot of time and effort into making sure that it was culturally correct. Mm -hmm. And so at the end of the movie, they listed the cultural ambassadors. Is that what they called them? Well, I think one of the main things that they did was early in the development process, because they started making this movie about nine years ago, and then there was a... Chicano activist who was like very upset and so what they did instead of what Disney decided to do instead of ignore him was bring him on as an advisory board member mm. and so he got to like put a lot into the movie and I think that was really helpful and then um, yeah but I think again like one of my favorite parts about Disney Pixar movies is if you watch to the end they'll have, list all the babies who were born during the production. Mm -hmm. So, like, the, like for anyone who'd worked on the film. Mm -hmm. It's real. So, it's, like, the production babies. So, they had the production babies for this film, but then if you watch way until the end, they'll also have the pictures of the family members of all the people who've worked on it who've died. And I thought that was, like, really beautiful. Wow. Oh. I didn't see that. Me neither. 
Mm, well, that's on you. We need to go and see it again. I know. In Spanish. In Spanish. So, Sofia and Ben Ha, what do you think was the best part of the movie? Do you want to focus? I think the bit, well, the best part of the movie for me was realizing that the musician was actually trying to get to his family. Mm. Not, not like what the mom thought of all, all those years, that he just like escaped and never came back. But it was nice to see that he actually did care about Coco and about his wife. And he wanted to go back with them. Mm-hmm. It was, was best. a big surprise. I'm it not going to It was a big lie. surprise, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't catching the whole thing. I Yeah, it got me by surprise. Yeah, it definitely caught Annie and me by surprise. There was truly, like, a four-year-old sitting behind us who immediately was like, Coco! And figured it out way before we did. And then all of a sudden we were like, damn. We got (laughs) showed up by a four-year-old. The four-year-old was much smarter than we were. Yeah. How about you, Benha? I think that's a strong message about not judging people. Like, we don't know the full story Mm -hmm. most of the time. And we are quick to to judge. So I, I like that part. But the thing that I like most is... The, how, how it transmits, how we Mexicans see death differently. Mm. Like, I mean, it's sad, but there's also a lot of good things. Like right. Remembering people, uh, the, the good part, the good that people made. Mm-hmm. So, that, I, that's the thing that I like the most about the, the movie, like taking out the seriousness of death. Mm-hmm. Yes. And like recognizing that death isn't necessarily the end of yeah, even right. like your love for your family, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, it's such a great movie. <laughs> well, one of the things I also think this movie did particularly well, and I always get nervous when American film companies try to do movies about different cultures, because mm. a lot of it, like, you have this little boy who wants to do something different than all of what his family does and in the United States like that's a very this idea of independence and of like bucking tradition is very valued and is very important and we see that in a lot of our hero stories this but that's not necessarily the case around the world and what I liked about this movie was that it was mestizo in the sense that it combined this idea of breaking out and following your heart and following your dreams but doing it in a way that's respectful and includes and incorporates your family traditions oh that was beautiful can you tell she studied film she she speaks about it all so beautifully I hope so I got a graduate degree in it that would be embarrassing if I couldn't yeah I also like really enjoyed the music in this film more than I thought I would and like Okay, did, I have a question. Do we know this? Did the little boy who did it in English, did he do it in Spanish as well? I think it was the same voice actor. Yeah, it was the same boy. Really? Uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, is he American of Hispanic descent? Oh, he's Mexican. Uh, Mexican. He, he, I read he participated in something like The Voice in Mexico. Oh, oh really? Yeah. And he, he wasn't a winner for that program. Mm. I don't know how it works. But, <laughs> but, oh, like but, a yeah, he was there up. and then he went to make the movie. And then the, I would assume Gail Garcia Bernal was also one of the voices in uh-huh. Spanish. And was Benjamin Bratt? Because he was one of the voices in the English version. Okay. Uh, we have no idea. Because he's, he's like a... He's Venezuelan, right? His family? Half Peruvian. 
Okay. Because I know... I met his brother recently, because his brother did is a documentarian who did a movie about Dolores Huerta. And then... Oh. But I know his family's, like, from the Bay Area, so I don't actually know if he grew up speaking Spanish, so I don't know if he would have done the he Spanish language. He was the voice language. of... Not to give away spoilers, but this, the famous singer dude. The one who wore the big white hat and was killed in the first five minutes by something falling on him. A bell. Right? I don't know. Yeah, I think he's... That character is based in Pedro Infante. Oh. Which is like a... Well, he, he was an actor, a Mexican actor. Mm-hmm. But very, very famous one. And he used to sing in all of his movies. Oh. But, well, Pedro Infante, he... I think he wasn't so bad. (laughs) (laughs) He wasn't quite as evil. That's... I now want to learn about him. Did he die on stage? He died on a plane crash. Oh. That's also tragic. (laughs) Yeah, neither one of those are good. Yeah. Okay, so who's everyone's favorite character? In the movie? Mm. Coco. I agree. I thought she was so cute. I love that part at the beginning when the guy... What's the name of the guy? Miguel, no? Mm. When he's like really intense and talking to his grandma and telling I him know. everything on the grandma just like out <laughs> it's great it's oh great. yeah uh, and all the things he does with his great grandmother even though and it's clear that like she enjoys his presence but that yeah. she doesn't need to interact and I like I also like that being shown too I know yeah I thought that was really sweet and the dog they show the screenplay is also fun uh, yeah that's a the dog is a, they actually put him in the movie as if it were a street dog, but it's not. It's a dog that we only have here in Mexico, and it's called Cholo Squinkle. And it's a dog Mexico. that doesn't have hair. It doesn't. Some of them don't even have teeth, so that's why the, the dog was sticking the tongue out because they don't oh. have teeth to hold the tongue back. Yeah. So it's and, and it's a really, 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 really expensive dog that you get here that's because they're so in. That's so funny. They're, how do you say when the animal is? A bread. No, when they're about to like go extinct, oh, in danger. Uh, oh, in they're in danger. They're in yeah. danger. Yeah. So that was actually the dog was a short squint, but it wasn't a street dog. The first time I saw that kind of dog, it was in a zoo. Just Real. so you know, uh-huh. it is they were in a zoo in Mexico City. Uh, but right now it's uh, not a, no yeah, not longer like, endangered species. Really? But and it's a very very weird dog like a, you yeah. cannot find it so easily. You should Google it, Sholo okay. Squinkle. No, I will, because truthfully, watching that movie in the United States and not knowing this about that dog, yeah. I was like, oh, this is just like a random street dog no. that like looks pretty weird and like is kind of dumb because its tongue keeps falling out. Like that was the, that's what I what I got from it. Uh-huh. Didn't you? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I think also that kind of dog in the Aztec culture mm. used to be like, uh, says, they, they would join you in the afterlife. Oh. Yeah, it was like a spiritual dog. So oh, like so like Alebrijes. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Alebrijes, which is spirit guard in your movie, but in Spanish it's called Alebrijes. That's why he could see Miguel when mm-hmm. he was When he was, uh-huh, when he was oh. the only one that could see him. Yeah. It's quite That's a story. Making those a lot those dogs have a lot of history, yeah. Okay, so that all makes so much more sense. Because uh-huh. I was like, why can this random street dog see Miguel when he and like enter into the world with him yeah 
I also, I know these might be unpopular choices, but I really like the great-grandmother who's really angry and likes making shoes. And I also liked the grandmother, not Coco, who was very protective and was, like, big about hitting with the huaraches. Huaraches. Well done. You're getting better. Huaraches. so good. Oh, the shoes? The The zapatos? Yeah. That's the thing that happens in Mexico. Like, you actually, we call them nalgadas. So if you're behaving badly, you probably get that in your butt. (laughs) Yeah. A shoe? A shoe in your butt. Yeah, like a spank, but with a shoe. Because moms used to say that it hurts them if they hit you with a hand mm. because it's like only bones. <laughs> right. So it's like, yeah, I'll better do it with a shoe. Yeah. Oh, so and it didn't it hurt the so smarter. So it didn't hurt the moms. It's only hurt the kids. Yeah, well, depending on how hard they hit you. My mom never hit me really hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh-huh. That's and it's a legend, the flying chancla. The fi- flying chancla. Or the chancla voladora. <laughs> What's a chancla? Chancla is guarache in another. Yeah. Okay. El guarache volador. But yeah. if you run from your mom, she will just yeah, she throw the throw it the, and be yeah. like a boomerang. <laughs> <laughs> Mexican moms end up having really nice um, aim. Aim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so this is all making so much more sense I now. wonder then also if the fact that the family became, like, shoemakers was an additional idea of punishment. Like, this oh. idea of... No, no. The, the Rivera family are also a very famous shoe brand. The thing I was, also, I was wondering is if Rivera actually allowed them to use... I mean, they must have allowed them to use their brand name because it's a huge shoe. Yeah. I would have had Mexico. no idea. Okay, seriously, yeah. thank goodness we're doing this podcast because this movie, and I loved it already. I mean, I cried. I literally cried at the end. But it all makes so much more sense now. Uh-huh, the Rivera, the Rivera shoe, Zapaterias, that's what they're called. It's huge all over Mexico. I'm not sure if all over Mexico or in El Bajío, but yeah. I, when I saw it, I didn't, I mean, the family must have given, like, consent and right. being okay with the movie. Yeah. Right. Do you guys have any idea where in Mexico it takes place? Like, were there any things that were, like... Oaxaca most of it, because Oaxaca is the one that's the state that does the most beautiful Dia de Muertos in all of Mexico. Oh, yeah. okay. So, a lot of it was in Oaxaca and some in Guanajuato. When when they're going through the... When in they're the running... underworld? Or yes. Uh-huh. The world that's of Guanajuato. The it's Guanajuato. Uh-huh. And you can see the resemblance right away. Like this, yeah. And the, but all the altar and the cemetery, everything, that's more Oaxaca. Yeah, it, it's meant to be a great thing to go on like 1st and 2nd of November to Oaxaca because everything is full of that, do you remember the orange flower? It's called mm. Sempasuchi. Mm. So everything is full of that flower and it's just beautiful and the whole like city's, yeah. Full of color. Full of papel picado, you know, the yes. paper at the beginning and flowers and of all of like altars and pictures and fruit you put fruit in the altar as well yeah beautiful now i want to go and do that yeah go in november yeah that's amazing okay well i think that we all really enjoyed this movie but would we show this so a question that we end with is would we show this movie to young people why or why not yeah, I've taken children. I mean, there were a lot of children watching that people, that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
I don't think they really get the whole message and I don't think there's anything wrong. They can see the colors and just, I mean, sing if they want to and look at the dog and laugh. And, yeah. Right. I don't see anything harmful about it. I also don't think the imagery yeah. is that scary, even no. though it's like skeletons and whatnot. But they're nice, but, no? Yeah. It's yeah. Like, they're called Katrinas. The Katrina the was actually invented in San Luis Potosí, but they're called the skeletons like that. They're called Katrinas, and they have like hats, and they have some of them have makeup and earrings. They're nice ones. So I, um, yeah, I don't think they're scary at all. Yeah, I would agree. I um, I think this is like a perfect movie for kids. I think especially right now in the United States, it's probably like an important movie for kids to like expose them to a culture that's different than their own and one that they see every day. Yeah. But it's interesting because I was talking to one of my cousin's friends who has um, like a three-year-old little girl who I babysat for. And this three-year-old little girl is obsessed with Frozen. So when I saw them again, I was like, oh, like, did you take her to see Coco? Like, it's so good. Like, I cried, like all these things. And the mom was like, no, isn't that too scary? And I agree with both of you in the sense that, like, no. it really shouldn't be. But, again, I think that there's, in the U.S., there's this, like, misunderstanding there's... about the Day of the Dead and, like, Yeah, there's the a difference between, like, what's a movie that you guys have, The Nightmare Before Christmas? That's yes. so scary. And it's very different. Yeah, I mean, Teddy and I tried watching that last weekend, and we were so yeah. scared we shut it off, and we're <laughs> adult it's human very beings. different. This is cute. This is about love, about family. It has nothing to do with, like, scaring someone. Yeah, but uh, when you say Day of the Dead... Yes. In, in Mexico, if you say Dia de Muertos, no one is going to get, it's a happy like, thing. scared. They're going to be like, okay, there's a party, and that's it. Uh, I, I think that's where that way of thinking comes from. Right. Yeah. yeah, again, how we see it, how we see it. It's true. Okay, Eleanor, would you like to... <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I added to the conversation. I think what was interesting about the story, the anecdote you just brought up, was that no one talked about what was the worst part of the movie, which I think has been universally believed to be this uh -huh. super long frozen short at the beginning. Yes. Yes. That was terrible. I don't know why that happened. It was awful. Oh, I, I, they took it out in Mexico. People like, people were really angry that there was a 30-minute show of Frozen. I think they, they took, took it out two weeks after it came out in the States. Did it go off quicker here in Mexico? Probably. Yeah. I don't know when, but probably. Because people were upset. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. So we finished our podcast by saying where in the world we would go right now and why. If we could go anywhere. Anybody feel anything? Right yeah, now? Mongolia. Why Mongolia? I don't know. I've always, He's always been wanted to go to curious me. about Mongolia. I think I read too much Genghis Khan <laughs> uh, history when I was young. And I think it's like a peaceful country with a lot of nature. But that's not on the honeymoon list. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, it's not for honeymoon, just for fun. Um, just for fun. I would do New Zealand. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Why New Zealand? I feel like it's all nature-bound, no? Like, I love nature and I love landscapes, and I feel like that's the place to go. It's beautiful, I've heard. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Eleanor's been. Mm-hmm. Big fan. Big fan. Um, 
I think we've been talking about this a lot because Sophia and Benjamin have been to Ethiopia. I would love to go there. It's like a culture that's always really fascinated me. The food is delicious. Um, and I just feel like it's so culturally different from the United States and what I grew up with that I would love to experience that. Mm. Um, I'm pretty jazzed to go to Mexico City tomorrow, even though I'm very nervous about how overwhelming everyone says it is, especially after living my life of leisure here, waking up at like 11 (laughs) and eating all day. So (laughs) I'm excited and nervous. Fair, fair. Well, Sophia... Benjamin, thank you so much. It's been a joy having you on the podcast. You're welcome.